Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Sidrid's podcast. On this episode, I had my great friend Hussein Skyki, who's a terrific hard money lender, but also brings so much knowledge on TikTok, Instagram, with content creation. So make sure you check it out. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok and make sure to shoot us a DM with your questions. And as always, make sure to follow this podcast. So we're going to talk about the markets, right? There's so much to like cover, unpack. I know it's Friday. Uh, people don't want to, you know, really think about, you know, all the bad news around us. But I, I think know. it's it, it, we, we should cover them, right? Because, yeah, we hear about market crash, recession. Um, we uh, today we had the inflation numbers come in for the month of May year over year, 8.6%. So the experts were hoping that inflation had peaked last month when it, it dropped a little bit to like 8.2, but boom, we're back up to 8.6. And this is not factoring in, in June, um, gas prices have gone, you know, like over five, uh, over $5 a gallon on average. So inflation is going to be the topic that's going to determine so many things going into this year. And if you've been following us, what we've said is if inflation stays high, interest rates are going to continue going up, right? Because the Fed, the anticipation will be that uh, they're going to fight inflation by trying to raise interest rates. There was a talk of a Fed kind of pause in September uh, to, to, to like not do a rate hike in September. But with these numbers now, it's that's kind of probably off the table. Uh, what else we got going on? Uh, we have mortgage demand at 22-year low. This was May data. So expecting that to continue. In, in my world and your world, we've probably seen a, you know, a, a decrease in, 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 uh, in, in volume, right? And, and in interest, right? Because it's not just, you know, like people buying homes, but it's, it's people doing, doing pre-approvals and, you know, like, like you, you kind of gauge the interest of the market from how many calls you get. And we can, we can tell that things have been changing. But what are you seeing, Hussein, in, in your end? So first thing, so the major thing, right, is, is these interest rates that are going up. So I said to, and I, I, people disagree with me, and they still disagree with me today. I, I tell people home prices are going to come down. But one thing you have to keep in mind is that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to afford more home. Okay, so there, there's a major People really have to understand that. Now, I'm on the hard money world, the private lending world, so I'm not really involved in, in conventional mortgages. However, we keep track of it and we keep an eye on it because our clients have to sell to conventional buyers. They're selling to, to homeowners. So when I'm looking at a deal right now and I'm, I'm looking at a value of, let's say, a resale value of 800000 and I know it's going to take six to nine months for that to be completed. Am I 100% confident it's going to be 800,000 in nine months? I don't know if I am. You know, I have to underwrite it as of today, but in the back of my mind, I know that it could not sell for that. That's why we only lend a certain, you know, percentage of the, the end value. But, you know, is anybody surprised that the inflation numbers are up? I just paid five nineteen a gallon for gas, and you go to the grocery store and things are just you spend three four hundred bucks and and you don't even have any beef in that in that cart it's just it's unbelievable um so I wasn't surprised that that these numbers went up. What it does mean is that the Fed has to aggressively raise interest rates even further. Uh, now, for me in the hard money world, it's probably a good thing. I'd like if our rates are close to bank rates and we're probably going to get more of the business. Um, but I have That's seen. Fine. Yeah, I've seen a slowdown, definitely, especially 
over the last 45 days. You know, the pipeline is, is not as, you know, beefed up as it was. Um, I think it's more so a combination of factors than just like inflation and high interest rates and things like that. Because the reality is inflation and recession are probably good for my business, as, as sad as that is to say, right? So if inflation is, is super high, that means the cost of construction is high. That means my loan amounts are higher, which means our fees are higher. Net, net, right? Dollar wise. And if there's a recession and the banks are sort of tightening their faucets, then there's really only a handful of guys you can go to to borrow money from if you're a home builder, a real estate developer, a flipper, things like that. They're usually the hard money guys. So from a business standpoint, and, and, and I, I don't want this to sound, you know, inconsiderate. Yep. I'm all for inflation and recessions, you know, but yeah, typically mortgage companies do better while we're on in a recession because that's when rates typically come down. And uh, whenever there's uncertainty in the market, that's when that's when, you know, like rates usually take a hit. Uh, but right now it's kind of the opposite. And I love the I love the uh, the example that you made that yes, even if there is a drop in prices, if mortgage rates now are at 7%, your monthly payment, if you're thinking for a $3,000 monthly, you know, like housing payment, that monthly payment may be 3,300, right? So yeah. yes, you may afford a little less, but your mortgage payment, or you're gonna buy a cheaper home, but your mortgage payment may be the same or higher. Now, personally, what I think for first time home buyers, if they find the home that they love and it fits in their budget, it shouldn't matter because a few years down the road, they, they will, they, you know, they, they, they will get a chance to refinance, but make sure that this is a home you can afford. You know, it's, it's not like, hey, you lose your job, Next month, you know, you're going to be looking at, at, at not making your payment. So you need to be in a situation where you're comfortable buying this house, right? For investors, which is another great point you made, it's like, yes, now you have hard money lenders thinking twice. Yeah, the, the, the estimated value is 800000 but will it be worth that much in six months, nine months, 12 months from now? Uh, and I think that's why... It's going to get interesting. Uh, there's going to be pockets of opportunities. Uh, you know, I, I do think, you know, so a recession is defined two straight quarters in negative, uh, you know, having like negative growth, right? So if GDP is, is negative in, in Q2 as well, we're technically going to be considered in a recession. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see and, and find out, but uh, I think there's always pockets of opportunities and those that are following the markets, doing what we're doing, right? Educating others. Those are going to be the ones who stand to win. But every industry is going to be impacted differently, right? Uh, if someone is telling you otherwise, they're lying to you. I'm going to say it just like it is, right? We've seen layoffs in the mortgage industry. There's layoffs in, in, in tech huge layoffs in tech. So if you don't think these companies have done the research uh, and, and why they're making, you know, all these layoffs, you know, they, 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 can, they can see, they spend millions of dollars in research. Uh, so, so something's coming, right? You know, if you have Elon Musk tweeting, right, about a recession, people are gonna listen, right? If you have consumer yeah. spending kind of drop, then everything kind of like takes, so takes it's, a turn. It's, it's interesting, right? Like, let's say next month they say, okay, Q2 was, was, was negative. Now we're technically, technically in a recession. That news actually makes it worse. You, you get what I'm saying? Like just the, the talking of recessions puts us into recession because exactly. that's when people have to sort of pump the brakes. And I mean, I, and I think I, I'm I'm probably doing it too subconsciously, you know. We like, all are. And a, a couple of years ago, before COVID, you know, if, if you wanted, you know, 
that guilty pleasure purchase, you probably wouldn't think twice about it often because things were so, things were pretty good. Um, now it's like, do you really want to waste? You're essentially just wasting money. Do you, do you really want to throw that money away when you don't know what's on the horizon for, for six months? But it's, uh, it's definitely, I mean, it has to, it has to happen, right? I, I think it naturally has to happen. I think interest rates, the Fed has to raise interest rates to counter inflation, which will put us probably further into recession. So that's that's the landscape we're we're looking at, guys. Um, it does not mean it's the end of the world. Exactly. It, it means it's probably a good time to start having a plan for how you want to attack and take advantage of this thing, especially in the real estate world. So when people ask me, you know, even though I'm not a conventional mortgage broker and I'm not a, you know, conventional real estate agent, but when people come to me and they say, hey, you're in real estate, it's now a good time to buy. My immediate response every single time is, why do you want to buy? Because that, in that the answer to that question will determine whether or not you should buy. You know, exactly. if, if, if you're looking for a dream home and you're going to spend 20 years in it, then you can buy whatever you want, because after 20 years, it's going to be worth a ton more than you pay for it. That's 20 years of, of appreciation. If you're looking to get into flipping, is now the best time to start flipping? Probably not. You know, I mean, you probably want to wait 12, 18, 24 months, assess the situation, learn all you can up until then, probably stack a little bit of cash. So that when it is time to take advantage of it, you can you can go ahead and do that. Um, yep. This environment right now is for experienced flippers and and experienced real estate developers. This is not for the the newbie. The ironic part about it is most newbies try to get into this industry at the times like this because there's been ten years of growth of left and right, the market just saving a lot of flippers' asses really is, is, is yep. what's happened. So all these people are seeing that. So now everybody wants to flip houses, right? Like the mailman, your aunt, your great-grandmother, everybody hey. wants, wants to flip a house <laughs> because of how well the market has done. And ironically enough, when everybody's getting in, it's probably time to take a back seat. And the experienced flippers and real estate developers are doing just that. They are being extremely picky with the deals that they do. Exactly. Uh, now is probably not the time to be super aggressive. And that's my, that's my take. Now, that doesn't mean we won't lend because as a lender, we have a built-in safety mechanism. You know, we're going to lend 70% of the end value. So... No matter what happens, I don't see our our market, our geographic area dropping that much. You know, there'll be there'll be tiny pockets of corrections. You know, I'm not lending in Adams, Massachusetts. You know, we're we're you know yeah. 95 and east essentially. But yeah. that's my take on it, man. I, I if you want and to buy I a house buy a house if you think you can afford it, if you want to live in it for a long time, if you're confident in your uh, you know, in your job, that your job's not going away. You know, exactly. that's another thing people have to keep in the back of their mind because people will say, well, you know, no matter what happens, if I get a fixed interest rates, I know I can afford my payments because I'm making six, seven grand a month. Cool. What if you lose your job in six months? You know, these are the things that got people in trouble way, way, way back. And, you know, a lot of people try to tell me, the argument I get all the time is, there's low inventory this time, and this time it's different. This time is different has probably cost trillions of dollars to be wiped off the, the face of the earth. This time it's different. I hate when people say this time it's different because circumstances could be different, but patterns and results tend to be the same over, over a long period of time. But things can change, right? If there's a dramatic type of slowdown in purchases of homes, all the new inventory that comes in the market, it's going to sit there, right? So, yes, we are in a place where relatively, historically speaking, it's considered very low inventory, 1 million homes, right? When we technically should have 3, 4 million. Uh, but still, like, if, if there's no one buying homes, 
that number is going to increase significantly. And in a few months, we'll, we'll forget about what we said, that there's very little inventory, right? And we'll be like, hey, guys, there's plenty of homes to buy. So things could switch very dramatically. But on the investing part, you know, also you, you, you talked about experienced investors, and that's such a good point. Would an experienced investor buy something with a negative cash flow? right? That's going to buy and hold, for example, forget the flippers, right? But but the long term investor, they're not going to make that that type of decision, right? If the numbers don't make sense, you don't buy, right? And this is this is the market where you, you have to know your numbers, right? If you're buying something at, at 6%, a two family, a three family, a four family, and the numbers don't make sense, don't buy it, right? Uh, have some 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 cushion on there that even even if you're trying to break even, you know, leave like a few hundred dollars a month as, as a cushion because things can always happen and go south, right? If you expected to get $2,500 for rent for one of the units and only got 2200 or 2000 now because the economy is not as hot, you know, like you, you'll, you'll end up paying the rest. So be very, very mindful. I have a few questions on here that people asked earlier. Uh, what game plan should be for mortgage brokers? Uh, since this kind of like pertains to me, I'm going to say reach out to everyone in your network. Like this is probably the best time to have a point of contact with family, friends, uh, center of influences that, that you have. However you're generating or used to generate business, that, that should be your forefront now. There's always going to be business out there. Those that are on top of mind, those are the ones that are going to succeed. Have a strategy, like whether you have a CRM or something doing that automatically for you, you must have something that, that uh, you know, you, you're going to stay top of mind. And for me, social media educate others, provide value. Uh, it, it, you know, like good karma comes back to you in so many ways uh, down the road. Any, uh, any recommendations? Well, our friend Gary B would tell you to put out content. <laughs> <laughs> you doing videos, bro? <laughs> Are you on TikTok? <laughs> See? It's, it's funny, it's you, know, you you and I were chatting the other day, and I know you went to uh, to to the conference that he had. Uh, did he happen to mention in that conference anything about inflation and and markets and and real estate, or was it mostly just the uh, the blueberries? Most, yeah, yeah, mostly the crypto, Web three, NFT yeah. space. Yeah, no, they, uh, but. The Web3 space has been going through a rough, you know, patch like anything these days. Yeah. So uh, that's what they were saying, that this is a good time because this weeds out the bad actors. And this is the time when when people actually learn the fundamentals. Uh, yes, some people may be scared because there's so much value that came out of the market. Right. Uh, in a matter of weeks. But it's also an opportunity for those successful projects and the, the good, you know, crypto tokens that are doing well to kind of like show, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, I have Renova Boston says brokers should be aligning themselves with the reputable lenders like the guys talking relationships, relationships, relationships in today's world. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Um Appreciate that comment. And uh, Hader, Haydar, uh, would you suggest to refinance now so we're ready to buy once it once it crashes? I'm talking about refinancing duplexes and triplexes that are positive cash flow. I mean, it, it depends, right? If you yeah, have it depends a, on what your rate is, you know. Exactly. If you have a three percent interest rate. <laughs> I and you go to a six. Exactly. Um, if you're able to get a 
home equity that's that's fixed or have a home equity as an emergency purpose uh, I know the variable the rate uh, scares a lot of people and you need to be careful how you're investing with a variable rate product but I think having reserves and cash on the side now it's never a bad idea especially in the anticipation of a recession but if you're generating positive cash flow you know i mean you could borrow more money but if you go from three to six it's a it's it's not a good proposition yeah yeah also it's uh you know you'd be what are you really looking to do? I mean, how, how much equity are you talking about in growth, right? So if, if there's a lot of equity there that you'd like to take advantage of so you can have the cash to buy when there's a dip and you're still going to be cash flowing positive, then yeah, I, I, would, I would do that. But if you're going to be breaking even or even taking a little bit of a hit just to have access to money, you're sort of like shooting yourself in the foot. I, but if you have enough equity that you can take money out of it, and even at the higher interest rate, you're still positive, then yeah, absolutely. Take the money out and sort of, you know, wait and see. See what happens over, over six months. You might be able to, to pick up a couple more properties. Exactly. Or if you find a project that's going to generate you 20, 30% more, you know, like it doesn't matter what, what, what you're borrowing that other money if, if you're generating more cash flow from another property and you took out this money at six percent well who cares because right you, you you're now invested in two projects you're still getting you're getting more cash flow from another deal uh so the numbers have to make sense yeah so uh, I, I see it says here two to three point five i don't know anybody lending at either of those rates yeah uh our interest yeah, yeah. Are interest rates going high for commercial mortgages for 30-year fix, bridge, and flip and fix? That's more for you. Yeah, so conventional commercial mortgages are... are, are conventional commercial mortgages are going to go up with the, the rates that the Fed sets, right? So if your residential conventional loan is going up, add probably one or 2% on that. That's usually where commercial rates end up. As far as hard money is concerned, so what you've seen over the last, I'd say maybe 90 days, is a dramatic increase in even hard money rates. And the reason for that is most of the newer hard money lenders, a lot of national guys. Oh, by the way, he said Montreal, Canada. So yeah, those those rates do exist there. Oh, wow. a lot of a lot of the national hard money lenders, a lot of the online shops that that came up over the last twenty four to thirty six months, they have been relying on Wall Street institutions to fund their deals. Wall Street. When there's a market, in, you know, when the rates are going up, they have to raise their interest rates as well to meet their, you know, investor expectations. So if I was closing a loan, let's say I funded a deal and I charged a 10% interest rate and I sold it to a Wall Street hedge fund for 7%, I make that 3% spread. But now these hedge funds are asking those lenders for 8 and 9%. So those lenders have to increase their rates so that they can make, you know, a 2 or 3% spread. So a lot of times when a lender is charging you 10, 11, 12%, the majority of that is not going to that lender. It's either going to their investors or their, you know, financial partners like Wall Street hedge funds and, and things like that. So... What we were dealing with, because most of our loans are done through, we, you know, we raise money as a fund. We have investors that, that we have to pay, and then we have full discretion of what we can do with that money. A lot of our competition, they're at the mercy of Wall Street. So Wall Street tells them, this is the criteria. This is the box we want. You fund the deal, we'll buy it. Cool. They dictate the terms. 
Yeah. And when things are going great, it works well for everybody. So those guys were out competing us as far as cost was concerned. So we were at 10, 11 percent. And I was losing deals at seven and a half, eight percent to a lot of those guys. But now it's sort of, you know, the, the, the tables have sort of turned because they have to now go to their existing client base Say, hey, I know you got 8% last time, but we're going to charge you 10 or 11% this time. And it's like, wow, the market really has, has shifted. Um, not only that, the Wall Street people are, are getting a little bit tighter in their criteria. You know, they're, they're looking for more. They're looking for more safety is what it comes down to. Um, so my advice is whether you use our hard money lending company or anybody else's, just make sure it's somebody that has some discretion on what they can do with their funds, because those are the lenders that are going to be able to be a bit more flexible, you know, maybe, you know, bend over backwards for you a little bit more than somebody that's sort of, you know, held hostage by a Wall Street hedge fund because that Wall Street hedge funds funding 90% of their deals. Exactly. You know? So if you have one investor, you're at the mercy of that investor. Um, and, and, in and, you know, the result of that is that your clients are at the mercy of that investor as well. So, you know, but long story short, I still, I mean, national hard money rates, you know, that you're probably looking at two to three points, nine to 11% interest, which is generally where they've been for the last few years. You're not going to see a lot of seven and 8% rates anymore. Um, so yeah, technically, I guess that would be good for us because I think being local, being on the ground, having a good reputation. The only reason we lost business ever was was a cost thing. Um, and now everybody's in line with us. So we'll yeah. see how it shakes out. Um, I'm expecting like like I said, it's been it's been a little bit slow, especially this this June month. But that actually is normal over like. Over my 10 um, years in this, June and July have been slow, notoriously. There's obviously other factors involved now, which are of concern and should be watched. But I do think that once this summer sort of settles down, we'll, we'll, we'll start to see it, uh, you know, things pick up again. We'll yep. see what happens. Nate Loan's asking, buy rate down or wait till refinance at this stage? Uh, I've never been a fan of paying one point, two points, three points on the conventional space where you're buying you know, your primary residence. In Hussein's world, the hard money lending points are very normal. Uh, but in my space, I'm personally not a fan of paying points to buy the rate down. One point is typically 1% of the loan amount, right? So you may have a lender say, hey, I can offer you a rate of 4.5% if you pay three points. Well, that three points may be, let's say, $12,000 on a $400,000 loan. It's going to take you probably 15 years or more to make up those funds that, that you pay up front for that point. So there's... No reason, absolutely no reason for anyone to pay your uh, points up front. There's always opportunities to refinance. Uh, you keep Have that you cash. Have people do that, Citrit? Have you ever had somebody do that? <clears throat> I have. Pay down? You have. I have. I've had someone. And, pay and what was and what was their reasoning behind it? Because it doesn't make sense to me either. So this was he got probably a rate of like. This was probably a couple of years ago. He, he paid close to three points. He said, I'm never touching this again. Uh, it was a 15-year fixed product. And I think he dropped his rate from like fours to like two, one uh, and an eighth, 2.125. Even with a 15-year fixed, it's still going to, he's going to have to wait a lot to see a lot to see savings, right? It seems like he didn't need the money, you know? So True, true. This, this was a refinance. 15-year fix, yeah. This was a refinance. But 
even like one point, let's say on a half a million dollar loan, that's five grand, right? For a first time home buyer that only has 50 grand in total, right? That, that they're gonna put towards this deal. Five grand is a lot of money, right? That, that could be like, like fixing something around the house, right? Buying new furniture instead of getting, you know, yeah, loading the, it up the, with a credit card. The first time homeowners, one thing I tell people all the time, if you've never owned a house before, expect one to 2% of the value of your home in repairs every year. So what I mean by that is if your home is worth half a million bucks, you're going to spend five to $10,000 every year on miscellaneous repairs. It could be the roof. It could be windows. It could be gutters. Your HVAC system might go. You might have a foundation problem. You might have, you know, anything. Yep. What I've seen and what I've experienced owning, you know, owning multiple homes is that's the number. It's one to 2%. So every year, Make sure you have that money laying around um, and make sure you plan for it. So a lot of first time homeowners are so excited to buy a house and they got their down payment and the bank's going to give them 3% down and, and they can afford their, their monthly payments and all that stuff is great. And then 12 months later, they have a $7,000 HVAC system that needs to be replaced, repaired. And they're, they're sort of like, uh Oh, now we got to, We've been spending money like crazy. We bought all this nice furniture. We don't have any money saved. Now you got to dip into credit. Exactly. And this is the beginning of the pattern of destruction. You will crush yourself if you're using credit for anything that does not give you a return on that money. Using credit. So it's funny. Like I'm, I'm a debt guy, right? Like I love, I, I lend money. And so do you. So I should be pro debt all the time. I should, I should convince people to get into more debt, but I'm not like that. The only, t the only thing I can justifiably wrap my mind around taking a loan out for is real estate. Anything else to me makes you're playing a game that's so risky that it, it, I, I would, I would personally never do it. I know people have taken loans out um, and, you know, made, alternative investments with them and right. things like that you've got to be extremely confident in your ability to beat the market or at least beat the interest rate that you're paying um but you have to sort of have a long-term view on things and i think that's probably a major problem just just with everything in our society today it's this world of instant gratification where oh, yeah. you're worried about the next five minutes you're not worried about the next five months um, you've got to have long-term vision with short-term sort of like steps that you can take to get there. And, and I think people have to be very careful when it comes to the types of values you're seeing in real estate right now and the loan sizes that you're taking. I mean, it is not uncommon for a homeowner that's buying a house for the first time in today's market to be borrowing six, $700,000. Oh, yeah. It's that become... We're almost numb to it. It's, it's at the point now where it's like, oh, a million bucks is not a lot of money. Well, you owe a million dollars. It's a lot of money. Oh, it is. The interest you're going to pay for that over the life of the loan, even if it's 10 years, even if you hold that house for 10, 15 years, you're still going to pay a lot of money, you know, like half a million, more than half a million in interest over, over the life of the loan. I think you know, like Instagram and all the socials, you know, like don't portray a true picture of things sometimes. And you have like first time home buyers look at other people, what other people are doing, but they don't know their situation. They don't know that that, that person has five other homes, right? Like, and, and this first time home buyer is trying to do something that, that you know, that they're not there yet, right? That, that they're, uh, you know, like you said, you need to have some reserves on the side, you know, like you can't compare yourself to someone that's been doing this for a long time. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think we're in a place where people love to, to compare, oh, why don't I have this, right? Or, you know, like, oh, I can get this too, right? I can go and, and buy a nice BMW or Mercedes 50 grand or, uh, so I, I, I think that kind of like, and 
I hate to say it, but social media has made it worse in, in a sense because people don't stick to their goals uh, in a sense. But uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The social media stuff has just been a... It, <laughs> the social media experiment has been a disaster for humanity. And that, that's about as broadly as I can, I can say that without, without spending three hours explaining why I think that. But one yeah. thing people have to be careful of when it comes to real estate, so I can just bring this back to real estate. What you see online, 90% of it is complete bullshit. And the only reason I know that is because I'm in real estate. The majority of the stuff that's being pumped out online is just trying to lead you down a sales funnel so you can buy a course. Okay, it is not reality. So when I see people with massive followings telling people to take HELOCs out in their homes so that they can invest in their funds and crap like that, just be extremely careful. Okay, these guys have, you know, their own motivations. You know, one of the big guys out there is, is Grant Cardone, who, and he'll, he'll bash your 401k every single day and convince you to invest with him instead. Well, he's giving a 9 to 10% return on his fund. The 401k in, in, invested in index funds is going to give you that over the long run in a much safer vehicle. You know? Yep. There's, there's no reason to, to, to take your 401k and pay the pre, you know, pay the penalty. Oh, you're you're going to pay an income tax and a penalty for Correct. So it's just early withdrawal. You know, the, this, this, uh, they're very deceptive. Then they're not telling you the full story. You got to do a ton of research. And, and I believe in investing. I believe in taking risk. And I believe in, in you know, going for it. Same. But just remember, the people that we fall in love with online, these gurus and things like that, they have their own motivation. Okay? They're only concerned about making their own money. Okay? So they're not really out. They're not trying to protect you. They're, they're doing what they believe is the right thing to do. I, I, I think that. I don't think a lot of it is malicious, but, right. um, you know, it may not be right for you. So don't, 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 don't fall into this trap where a lot of people fall into today where you might start following somebody online and, and you know, you start to just agree and believe everything they say blindly. And don't do any research. No research. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, like there's, it's funny, there's, so Grant Cardone, there's videos of him, you know, maybe 10 years ago telling people, you got to buy a house. It's the staple of the American dream. It's, it's, it's the foundation of wealth, blah, blah, blah. And now, you know, years later, there's videos of him saying, if you're, you're stupid, if you buy a house, you know, so just the hypocrisy is, is, is at another level and, and you got to be very careful and, and and what you're listening to, what you're following. And at the end of the day, just do your own research. So that way you have nobody to blame but yourself. Or nobody to praise but yourself if, if you make the right decisions. I think you made a great point. It's the instant gratification that people are looking for a quick buck. They don't do any research. They don't want to read. They don't want to watch a video. Whatever, they're, they're, whatever the way that they, they learn is... They don't want to do it. And it's the fact that they think that, oh, I can make X, Y, Z money. And I think this was kind of like inflated during, you know, COVID when people had some savings, had money. They were not spending as much because they were not traveling and they were not get, going to places. And the government and, was giving people a lot of money. And, and everything went up, right? From the stock market to crypto to NFTs. People were happy, right? Now that, that, that we're in this situation, people are like, well, you know, like, what would you do, right? Or, like, I, I'm a lot into cryptos and NFTs, and like, I get people and it's like, hey, Sidrid, where should I invest my money? I'm like, well, it's, it's not that easy, especially, like, crypto and NFTs. You have to understand a lot of things, right? It, and, and the risk is that much greater than the stock market. So it's like, I've spent 40, 50, maybe 100 hours reading and watching videos and how Ethereum works and how Bitcoin works and the benefits, pros, cons. But you should be doing the same. Uh, and, and I don't want to be like rude to anyone, 
but it's like some things you you have to spend time you don't need to be a doctor you don't need to be a surgeon or 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 a scientist right but you have to understand the basics and people want to make money without understanding basics and it's like yes they fall in love with grand cardone and they listen to him blindly if he's spreading any misinformation with or without with good intentions or bad intentions whatever it is you know like they 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 follow everything and that's that's the issue that 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 we have uh and i think social media has part of the blame for it but i also think there is many good people like us out there and i think we're we're kind of like uh we're 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 slowly taking over the space right you you have more and more people with good intentions yes we're all trying to grow and make an impact in 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 our communities in this space and social media uh but i think i see more and more on tiktok on instagram uh there's there's more and more good people out there trying to spread the right information or or th- doing the right things let me ask you this uh secret before we before we wrap up here um i know you're a huge crypto fan i I've, i have money in crypto i'm not as um you're probably more well read on it than i am um you know for me it was more like i see this thing over here that's becoming something let me put some money in there and just forget about it whatever happens happens uh but as things are sort of like you know as the as the infrastructure of the entire blockchain and crypto space is becoming more robust it's 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 definitely going to impact most of our industries why is it that and again, I'm just looking for your opinion here I'm not going to hold yep. to it but why is it that the the instrument that was developed as as you know the 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 middle finger to the system right um why is it not doing much better in this environment cuz you would think that it should be right like based on what it was i guess advertised that at its origin um as the dollar loses value your cryptocurrency should increase in value specifically bitcoin is supposed to be like you know your your hedge against inflation, inflation. things like that it, it doesn't seem to have had that effect and and i'm wondering what your take is on why yeah so you're 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 talking about the decentralized aspect of crypto right people have control of their crypto and you know it's not tied to the dollar or anything i still think the dollar is the, the most valuable currency or the currency the tender that everything will will go based out of right you'll have ethereum bitcoin but we're still in our head we're still going to translate it into dollar now when things are great right people are like oh we don't need the government the government sucks right like i can do this myself but when when shit hits the fan excuse my language now everyone is like oh we need regulation you know it's like oh no 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 we have so many scammers we have so many frauds so up until now it was great because bitcoin went up 10000% in a matter of 5 years or whatever it was but now that shit hits the fan it goes from $69000 to 15 now everyone is like no 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 this this doesn't work i think it's the technology works i think has so much potential to make our lives easier i still think we need a degree of accountability and 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 uh you know like corp or 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 govern uh, government regulation it's fine like like there's there always has to be someone that's going to say hey this this is how how it needs to be done yeah, uh, someone's got to set the rules so, some rules right and and then you have the the aspect of uncle sam right whenever the us government sees that there's money being made they want to get a share of it so there there's interests from all end right there's interest from us saying hey someone stole my wallet 
and I can track them now that money is in Russia. So that sucks, you know, like I love the decentralized part of it, but I should be able to get my money back just like I do in a bank. And then you also have the other part where it's saying, well, you know, I love all the flexibility, being able to transfer a million dollars in a matter of seconds, right? Um, so personally, I think this is a great time to invest in crypto. There's not as much hype, e even if it, you know, not investment advice, but stock market, crypto, now that the hype is down, now is the best time to put your money in it. When fear dominates, that's usually the best time to, to put your money in it. Um, but I, do it wisely, right? I mean, with crypto, don't put more than like 5% or 10% of what you're comfortable spending and maybe losing. Losing, yeah. yeah. If, if, if you think of it that way, which is sort of what, I've, what I sort of do every year, is, you know, that 5 to 10%, I put it in and say, you know what, it's gone. And then, you know, maybe down the line, it's it's worth enough money for me to uh, to retire on and and just drink burritos <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> you know that that Bitcoin family, right? That that they, they they put all their savings. Oh yeah, I into saw Bit that. And, and they they traveled the whole world because they they you know they started early and. Yeah, good, good for them. But, but yeah. um, well, I, I think the dangerous part about the whole crypto thing is that that's the, those are the stories you get, right? Like you get the stories of, you know, the young 20 something year old or teenager that doesn't really know what hard work is that got lucky. And, and that's really what it was. They got lucky. You didn't spend thousands of hours doing research on every blockchain and every project, this and that you got lucky. And the danger of that, what, what my fear is that it sets up a generation that thinks like that's how to create success and wealth. And it's really not. Um, you do have to put in the work. And, you know, oftentimes the faster money comes in, it, it leaves just as quickly because you didn't really build that foundation, that infrastructure that and that, you know, process to acquire it and grow it and keep it and things like that. So. I love crypto. I think it's great. Um, but if you, you know, I've, there's so many people whose Instagram bios say, you know, um, crypto millionaire. And I'm like, dude. So or, I, I think this is where social media can make a good impact, right? We should all be documenting our journeys, how we're doing things. Even if you're a, a, an overnight success with crypto, I think you should still be humble and, and, and talk about it, right? And, and what you're doing with that money. And second, most of us have to work hard. Even if you're like a content creator on, on YouTube, you've worked your ass off to get there, right? But we only show, hey, how I flipped and made a couple of hundred grand. But no one shows all the shit you had to do during the flipping and dealing with all the construction people. and Or well, all the money you lost before then. <laughs> Oh, exactly, exactly. But I would, what I would caution people um, in that regard, like for me personally, if I was ever to, to get a big crypto hit, there's nobody in the world would know about it because I'm not going to make myself a target, you know, and I've seen that have, that has happened to some people, um, you mm -hmm. know, there's uh like I personally, I'm just that type of person. Like, no, that's fine. You, would, you, you, you wouldn't even, if, if I made a hundred million dollars on crypto tomorrow, you wouldn't even know. I'd still come to work. I'd still just, nobody would know. I would just, I know, love that. I would just sleep better at night every single night. <laughs> uh, lastly, I, I used to work at a bank in, in Cambridge and we know Cambridge. Cambridge is a, is a great area around here. And, you know, on, I used to be a branch manager then and looks and appearance and attire don't mean anything like i had people walking in the bank like they looked close to homeless they had millions they had hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in a checking account so don't underestimate anyone 
from the yeah. looks, appearance. Uh, and I've learned that uh, yeah, those Cambridge and I used to be a banker in Lexington, you know, like you could never tell who had money. Never. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Any, any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts are keep an eye on inflation. I believe house prices will come down, especially next year. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to afford the home though interest rates will be much higher. Um, if you've never done a flip before, now is not the time to start. Um, probably give it a good 12 months and, and try to save up as much money, learn as much as you can. And once things sort of like settle down here, then I'd, tell, then I'd advise people to jump in. But, uh, you know, save your money. Don't buy any BS courses that, you know, I had a guy reach out to me, poor guy. He was trying to learn how to flip and uh, there was an influencer online that charged him. Uh, he didn't pay it, thankfully. He reached out to me first and asked me if it was worth it. But he, he priced him $20,000 for a course uh, to learn how to flip houses. And I was like, bro, I could sit down with you for two hours and tell you every single thing you need to know about flipping houses. Or you could just go watch my, my YouTube videos where all the information is there for free. So don't don't necessarily, you know, don't waste your money. Now's not the time to, to waste money. Now's sort of the time to, to put some cash on the side. Yeah. Have put, some reserves. Yeah. Be be reserved, conservative, and 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 sort of just observe. That's my that's my advice. Hussein, I appreciate you. You're a wealth of knowledge. We'll do it again. And I'll probably have this on my podcast too, because there was so much valuable info uh perfect follow us yeah, on tiktok I mean, follow us on instagram uh we got a lot of good things coming up so stay tuned thank you guys thank you my man take care hey thank you so much for listening to this episode your support means so much to me and one way for you to support me is by following this podcast and liking this episode and also by leaving a review. In addition, don't forget to check out my Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at sidrit.veseli for more daily content. If there's anything I can help you with, message me directly on any of my platforms. Thank you and talk to you soon.